Good morning, sunshine. Let's get it started off with a prayer this morning. God, we thank you for being just a great God, dear Lord. We thank you for allowing us to be here this morning on this bright, sunny spring morning. Um, God, I just ask that you go with us throughout this service uh, and help us um, kind of relax and uh, just listen in on what you did for us uh, through Jamie's lesson this morning. God, I just want to um, ask for your blessing on this uh, uh, on the song service this morning, I ask that your, uh, this music is pleasing to your ears. God, I just want to thank you again for all your many blessings, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Over all the earth you reigned on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but my one request, Lord, my only aim, is that you reign in me again, Lord, reign Reading and prayer follow. 
In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. In moments like these, I lift up my voice. I lift up my voice to the Lord. Singing chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. And then the second passage is Galatians 5, Verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who, help, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Please bow with me. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day and thank you for the blessings you've given us. We thank you for the beautiful day that we have outside. The sun is shining, the weather's perfect, and we thank you for that. We ask you to be with each one of us as we go through our day. Give us all a great day. Help us to have a great lesson today. Be with Jamie as he prepares the lesson and Austin as he presents to us. We ask you to be with each man serving today. We ask you to be with each one of us who are here today. Help us to follow the lessons and understand it and learn from it. Please protect us and guide us as we go through the rest of the day and give us a great evening at, at, at home church tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
Praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing over his wonderful love, proclaim. Hail him, hail him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor, give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. We are now a family. 
This morning I want to talk for just a little bit from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 14, and 15, and no, I'm not going to read all of it. Um, as you probably know or have figured out, uh, the writers of the letters in the New Testament wrote those letters to the churches, like Paul wrote letters to the churches, to try to help them over problems. And that's also true in 1 Corinthians. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we know that as the love chapter, uh, it that uh, Paul talks about love. And if we look at it a little more deeply, their problem was they were thinking about self and doing things for self rather than doing things for all. So as we think in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. They were very anxious to speak in tongues because that was uh, very glamorous, very, you know, it was putting them up in front of people. But he said, that's not the important thing. The important thing is the love for people. So he says, get down to the love part of it. In, in chapter 14, he goes on with the thought about uh, speaking in tongues versus, versus other things they could be doing. And in, in uh, chapter 14 and verse 20, he says, brothers, stop thinking like children in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking be adults. And again, they were wanting to do these things that glorified self, that, that glorified what, what they were, rather than glorifying God. And then in chapter 15, Paul kind of takes and, and puts the capstone on it, and he says, now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold it firmly to the word I believe to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was raised and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. <clears throat> Paul is pointing to Jesus and says, Jesus was the ultimate example of doing things not for self. Jesus died for all of us. He chose to die. He chose to give his body as a ransom, as a sacrifice for us. So he put everything else, us, every one of us, ahead of what he wanted. He put himself last to be glorified by God to be first. So as we think about the communion this morning, what are we thinking about? Are we thinking about ourselves? Are we thinking the selfish things that, that we do all the time? We, we, we're very hung up on self. So Paul is encouraging us think like adults. Don't be selfish. Like ch Children are just kind of naturally, I get what I want. He said, think like adults. Realize Christ died for you. Realize it's not about you. It's about others. It's not about you and what you can do. It's about what you can do for others.
So as we think about this this morning, let's remember that Christ died for our sins and made that sacrifice on the cross. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you that he was willing to give his life as a sacrifice for us. We thank you that he was willing to put us first and to, to take care of us in the needs that we had. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to, to think about others first and to think about Jesus as the great example of that. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we continue these thoughts, we need to remember that the blood Christ shed on the cross is now what cleanses us of our sins. That blood is the washing of our sins away. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship and to remember Jesus and his death on the cross. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to always remember the blood, the washing, the cleansing that that blood gives us. And Lord, help us to concentrate on sharing that blood with others. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we all face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Oh, sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Jesus is risen from the
send the kids back to children's Bible time and before Jamie's lesson this morning. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail. Good to see you all this morning. Really, really, really good to see you all this morning. We have uh, some visitors with us. You're, you're uh, um, one of your favorite youth ministers of all time, um, with, side by side with Tim, of course. Um, Mike and Amy Anderson are here with us. Tim, you're on the rise, bro. You're, but I got to say that because, you know, they're here. You know who we are. <laughs> so, um, and then we have Austin. Archie and his wife Kaylee with us this morning. He is the, I'm going to say this right, program and events coordinator at Howes Mill. He's going to be one of your favorite people, he and his wife both. Um, they're wonderful. We work with them a lot there at camp. And so he's going to share just a few minutes after, at, at, at the end, during announcements and everything, a bit about camp with us. Thanks for being here, guys, very much. Tim, we're good, right? Because I didn't, you know what, you know, because Mike's here, you know? 
Mike, it's good to see you. Amy, good to see you. It's good to enjoy the wedding with you yesterday. Hey, let's pray together, and we'll keep uh, moving through this service. God, it's good to be here with you today. And Lord, I'm thankful for everyone that's here this morning. It's, it's just a, such a blessing to look around and see your people, your children, our friends, our family, God, the way that you bring us together in you from a week of whatever the week is and however you work through it, God, you get us back together here for encouragement and love and sharing and hope. And God, I pray that you today, wherever we are, whatever our hearts are struggling with, God, whatever the, the hope and the encouragement, the doubt and the battle, Father, that you minister to every heart here today. God, we love this group. We love one another, but man, we do not have a clue about love the way that you love. So move us closer in you and closer in that. You are so good and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Man, it's good to be here today. You are so loved by God. You are so loved by Jesus. Jesus died for you, man. He died for you. And that is such good news. We, were, we wrestled through, you know, the last four weeks, the, the Old Testament, watching God's story unfold. Jesus coming into the story. God in the flesh. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the one who is one with the Father. They're one together, the exact representation. We talked about him being on the cross. And then last week, his resurrection. And what, what, what would you want to say at, at the end of all of that? What would, you, what would you do with all of that? You know, we say, well, live into it. Well, what's that look like? You know, when Jesus, you know, when, when, he, when he ascended, he says, hey, I'm going to give you a comforter. And you know, they're like, what's the comforter? You know, and, and he sends the Spirit, and, and the Spirit's living through them and in them. And so what we were doing right before the, the Easter break was we were going through the fruit of the Spirit, and though it seems good timing to keep moving because that's what God really calls us to live into, it's just accident on my part, okay? We all know that. But the deal is we're going to continue. We've got just a few to go. We have faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. You heard it read in the scripture reading this morning. Thank you, Jesse, by the way. And then, uh, and, and so, so we're into faithfulness this morning. And, and if you remember, you know, the be real, what we were trying to do with that in the setup, and maybe you remember, maybe you need a brief review. Remember how we talked about how we live in this kind of artificial society? Anybody can call my phone under your name, and it's just a telemarketer. John Carell's going, what's up, John? Hello, will you uh, subscribe to him? I'm like, what? How did you get my John's phone, John's name? I mean, there's all kinds of things that come up in my, in my phone, telemarketers doing those kinds of things. It's artificial, like artificial sweeteners, flavors, intelligence, AI. You know, and to a degree, we get into those artificial relationships. And we, and we pressed into, you know, in, in stepping into this fruit of the Spirit, that there was a real me and a fake me. The real me, the one that God wanted me to live into, the fake me, the one that I've just accepted. And, and so our call was then to be real. What would, what would it look like to be real in Jesus, to be real in what God has called my life to be? And that's where we stepped into this be real. Remember the app, right? Uh, you know, a lot of our teens, colleges, some of you adults have the be real app. And we talked about how it just forces you to be as authentic as possible. You get one snap. And then you get punished if you don't do it on time, you know? So, so it was, it's just kind of cool, and we're using that as our theme for the, the rest of this series. So hang in there. Let's keep rolling with what 
we're doing. But the, but the, the power of this, remember this, the power of the fruit of the Spirit is the call to be like Jesus. And the call of being like Jesus was to be fully human. Show me your humanity. Jesus came and he was fully God. Yes, but he was fully human. He came and joined us right where we are. Felt what we feel. Struggled with the things we struggle with. Battled with the things we battle with. He was fully human so he could identify with our humanity. Brennan Manning says the temptation of the age is to look good without being good. The call to be real, right? And so we went through these one at a time. We mentioned already love and we talked about the, the, the catch for all of these is this. I need to say this too as we're leading into this. The catch for all of this is some of these you're just pretty good at. Anyway, society has trained you. You've gone to some training. Says your mom and dad, "Hey, you're going to do this," and 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 so we've adapted to a a, a human a humanist way or or a societal way of. Some of us are just prone to be better at dealing with people. Some of us are prone to be really good at organizing. Some of us are good at administration. Some of us are good at a lot of things. And if if you're looking for someone in that role, it's possible to consider that someone who's just good at something or their personality is bent toward that, that they're a spiritual person. And so it's like, let's put them in leadership. Let's put them in charge. And God's like, no, 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 no. This isn't business. This isn't the world. This isn't how we work. Someone just happened to be good. You got a skill set or whatever. Because God doesn't manipulate or work through or manage people. He leads them. And so these things are not the things that you just think, hey, I'm pretty good at loving my family. I'm pretty good at being faithful. I'm pretty good at... No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. These are the things that well up genuinely from you surrendering, surrendering yourself to God. They're not natural in you. They're not those things that you just happen to be good at. Not the default mode, well, I'm really, you know, I pay my bills and I do my thing, I'm pretty fit. No, that's not like that. Yeah, congratulations, you're a great member of society. That doesn't make you spiritual, doesn't make you faithful to God or your people. So we talk about love, a spirit-led love. That is the kind of love that God loves like. And then into the joy that he, Jesus said, I, I come to give you, that my joy may be in you. Your joy may be incomplete, may be complete, not incomplete. Your joy may be complete. The peace that passes, what well, we understand what he promises us, that I came to give you my peace, right? Patience, that enduring, that long-suffering. God is patient with everyone. He doesn't want anybody, right? Nobody to perish, everybody to come to repentance. He's so long-suffering. And then the kindness, right? The kindness which is different, as we would say from, sorry, this thing's a little bit weird today. Um, it's, it's different than just nice. Nice might be a part of kind, but kindness, right? It's that overwhelming, the Jesus personality of Jesus persona, the way that he lived, the way that he loved, and goodness. And then we went right into from goodness to where we are today. And where we are today is faithfulness, right? Faithfulness as a fruit of the Spirit. If you think about faithfulness, I know that we all start thinking about something. We all have kind of our default mode of what faithfulness looks like. And I need to encourage you that whatever your default mode is, do not pigeonhole faithfulness into that little spot, you know? Some people, you know, he shows up faithfully to work on time. He's faithful in his friendships or he's faithful in his marriage. He's faithful. You can do all that stuff to a degree and not be deep in Jesus and not be promoted from. So let's talk about what faithfulness really is, okay? Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Root word is faith. Greek word pistis. It goes all through Scripture. When you chase faith, 
That's the word. And when you watch faithfulness, same word, right? You see all through Scripture and talking about God's faithfulness, Jesus' faithfulness, the faithfulness of the Spirit, faithfulness of his people. That's the word. He's pressing into all the way through. Okay, what faithfulness isn't what we've said already. It is not us just being, happen to be good at something. My personality is given to that. I'm str- I, that's my strong suit, my wheelhouse. No, sorry. That's not how it works. So think, congratulations. We need your help. We need your, your skill set. But God is doing something deeper than you. The, 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 the fruit of the Spirit is miraculous. It's only developed by the work of the Spirit. Okay? So if God is in you, if you've given yourself to Jesus, if you've given yourself over to him, if you have stepped into relationship with him and you've been sealed with the Spirit, you, the call for you is that your faith grow. Now, here's where this thing works right here. And if your faith is growing, then it requires being lived out. If my faith is growing, it's not enough for me to sit around and have this, this uh, intellectual ascent, for me to have this devotional feeling, man, me and God, I believe in you. You got me all day. I mean, those are good. I love those times. That is not enough. That's not the requirement of faithfulness. Faithfulness is me and God, you are. And then he says, whoa, get up off your couch, bro, and go do something about this. Faithfulness is faith lived out. Let's explain it like this. You may, may be an athlete and you may like sports, but faithfulness is when you get in the game, right? Maybe you like music and have an instrument, got a trombone or a trumpet or a guitar or whatever. Well, it's time for you to get on the stage. Faithfulness. You're dancing. You've been trained in dance. You're, you're good at dancing. Well, it's time to get on the dance floor. You have a life, but are you really alive? It's time to start living. So, so, so faith, I have something in my, but, but, but the call to faithfulness, when he says faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, is the Spirit is going to be like, okay, it's time to get up off your fanny and do something about what you say you believe. It's time to get up and do something. This is not okay. Talking a big talk and, and, and welling up into some emotional feeling and some intellectual assent is not enough. Faithfulness is I'm on the move. I'm doing something about this. And you hear of God's faithfulness. It's, it's the, 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 the power of our faithfulness, the hope of our faithfulness, the image of our faithfulness comes from us seeing how faithful God is. And you hear Jesse and Steve both reading about that so uh, well and so encouragingly today. Who's going to separate us from the love of God? Who's going to do that, right? Who, who uh, are you, if you're his child, it doesn't matter what I think about you, what I say about you, how I don't want to be your friend. I don't want nobody else here to be close to you. I want everybody to write you off and toss you out. God's like, talk your talk, James. Do your thing. You cannot stop me from loving them. You will not get between me and them. You will not stop me from saving them, being part of my story. You might make them have no part in your story. But you will not stop them from being part of my story. I'm the one that has the final say in all of this. And he is faithful. I mean, that's what Galatians th- or Genesis 3 and the whole New Testament is about. Jesus stomping Satan's head to get to you. To get to you. To have you. And to hang on to you. Lamentations, you know the steadfast love of the Lord. This is a little 
tricky reading here from the way that we know the song. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, right? Because of God's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him, right? We know the song. We know the, the, how, how easy it is, you know, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, I know you're singing it in your head. His mercies never come to an end, come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. So I hope in him. I'll trust him. I'll wait on him. You know, you know the story of my eye surgery, right? I'm going through that song how many times? <laughs> Put me back to sleep, Lord. I've got to go back to sleep. <laughs> Romans chapter 3. John shared this on Sunday night. Listen to this passage. Listen to the beauty of this. Excuse me for a moment. <clears throat> Paul is talking about in Romans 2 about how the Israelites, the Jews, failed over and over and over and over. They were supposed to be God's chosen people. They had the word. They had the hope. They had the law. They had everything. They had it all. And they just tossed it away. They never lived into it and tossed away. They just never lived into it. So much so that his name was blasphemed, excuse me, among the Gentiles, Right? And it's like, wow, what's the story here? Why are you living like this? And Paul comes into, into uh, chapter 3, then after all that, and he says, what advantage is it? Because he's, he's saying, you know, hey, he pressed into, if it does, it's not enough that if you're just a Jew in name or have just been circumcised physically in, in the end of chapter he said, but what counts is that you're a Jew inwardly, spiritually, and that circumcision is a circumcision of your heart. You're different. This is the context of this passage. He says, what advantage then is being a Jew? Because if it's all about the heart, then why do I, what's the matter? He says, well, much in every way, right? Or, or what value is in there in, in circumcision, much in every way? First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. They've been given the word. Nobody else, there wasn't anybody else. It was, it was to them. And what if some were unfaithful, looking back at them, their unfaithfulness? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Remember, we're talking about God's faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Will their faithlessness or their, 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 yeah, their faithlessness, wait, let me get this back. What if some are unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. You can't be bad enough to stop God's faithfulness. He will be true to himself. He says, not at all, let, let, God's, let God be true and every human be a liar as is written so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you're judged. Hey, wh what happens? These guys blew this story up. They made a mockery of God. What are we going to do about this? And Paul's like, it's okay. You need to understand that God is always right He's pressed into, though everybody else could be wrong, though everybody else has been wrong and messed this story up to this point, God is true, though everybody else has proven wrong and false. You can trust him. He will not let you down. Moving on into 1 Thessalonians, in the, in the concluding remarks here, he says, may God himself the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what he's saying to them. And then he says this, the one who calls you is faithful, and, sorry, and he will do it. He said, faithful is he who called you, and he will do it. 
He will see you through. He doesn't lie. Though everybody else has struggled in keeping this story right, and they failed over and over and over and over again. The context is so clear. Though everyone else fails, God will not fail you. Though everyone else struggles, and if they all do, and if everybody lets you down, everybody's not going to let you down. This is not going to happen. But if they did, God would remain faithful to you. God's, God's too good, and his people, they're still doing pretty well. The world's a little nuts, but God's people are still doing really well. And then in 2 Timothy, closing remarks again. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God is faithful. 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 He is, he is persistent. He will never fail. He will not give up. He will chase you down relentlessly. And when you struggle and when you battle and when you're faithless, when you're confused and you're hopeless and you're not sure, but you're still falling toward him, he is still chasing you and hunting you. And he will endure. Faithful is he who called you. And he will do it. The scripture is written in context. You have to understand. You can't... So, context, an example, in case sometimes, I know sometimes that's kind of hard to hang on to. I was, I had eye surgery, you know, um, Kristen and Kendall are there, they picked me up. I maybe threw up 12 or 15 times afterwards, you know, and just a headache, I feel miserable. And she has this little car, you know, it's like a go-kart, and, and I'm in it. And she's driving me home, and, it, you know, it's got this really solid suspension, you know, and I'm trying to lay down a seat, and every bump, I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. And I may have been a little grouchy. I may have said, hey, so really good at hitting the bumps. I, I mean, you're, you're great at that. <laughs> and I may have not said it so nicely. That's context after my eye surgery to say... Jamie smarts off to his wife, and he's mean to her all the time. It's just not true. I am not, and I will not be that guy. But for you to assume in one situation that you want to write my story right there is wrong. I'm not much, but I'm more than that because of Jesus, okay? And so if you write my story on, the, on that, in that little situation, you know, oh, wow, you burnt the June book. You burnt your dessert. You're awful at baking things. Well, we all know better, right? I was like, you're kidding me? June Book's awesome. But to write her story and to just tell the story every time about baking and all those things and saying June Book is whatever and she's always going to be like this is like, wait a minute, context. You know, you, 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 you have context. You know June's story. You know my story. I might be a jerk. I'm not that big of a jerk, okay? Context is important. The, 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 the Bible's telling a story and we stay you have to stay with the story. All of you, you, live, you have a context to your life. You're not the same today as you were yesterday, and you're not going to be the same in five years from now. We understand because we know you, the faithfulness to who you are, but not to understand the context of each moment that you've lived that we've been in would be unfaithful to you. And so context is important. And when you watch God from Genesis to Revelation, be faithful to be faithful, to pursue, to finish his story to make sure that he was, we knew he was after us and that he had done all, Jesus says it's finished. I'm coming 
to get you, and he's going to come, and he's going to get you. That's the beauty of that story. I need a moment. Um, some of you would recognize this. I don't know, poem, song, whatever. Great is your faith, so God. You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart. You lead us by still waters into mercy, and nothing can keep us apart. That, that is so biblical. If you know the Bible at all, that's got so many verses wrapped up in it, right? Great is your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart. You lead us by still waters into mercy, and nothing can keep us apart. It's like just verse after verse after verse combined. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, O oh God, because he's made the promises, and he, he's called his, us his children. Second uh, part of this, great is your love and justice, God of Jacob. You know the beauty of that, right? God kept calling himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation, and all your people sing along. Your grace is enough for me, Right? The power of the story. God is the faithful one. The intent of all of this is not that you can be because you can't be. That's why this has to be motivated by the Spirit. It has to be moved by the Spirit. It has to be led up in you by the Spirit because you cannot be faithful. I know you can tell me your stories of how faithful you've been. And I will tell you, yeah, only because of God, so stop it. You don't... Yeah, you're not. You are. You're, you are. An example or two? I mean, the, the power of the story of Jesus, right? I mean, that's the only place you have to. You could talk, we could talk about how he rescues Daniel in a lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a furnace, how he led David in, in defeating Goliath, right? And then David, the, wait, I forgot. Did he, did he had a fair? Then he, then he killed the man, and then he repented, and wow. And then he was leader again and called a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David's so good. No, because God is good, because he's faithful, and he kept the story moving through that story. And along comes Jesus, and he dies for you and for me. Why? For the, the connection, the brokenness with God, he put it back together. He atoned for our sins, right, and purified us through his blood. And that's the beauty of that story. Isn't that story powerful? The example after example after example of God's faithfulness. Faithfulness is regardless of. That's, I didn't plan to say that, but I really like that. Faithfulness is regardless of. That's, that's God right there, right? And that's what he calls us to. That's what he calls us to. You know the story of the, of the talents, right? The story of the talents. He gives, the, the, the landowner is going away, gives, gives one man five talents, one man two talents, one man one talent. And he says, you know, in essence, do your thing. I'll be back. And when he comes back, he like, wants to give an account, tell me what's happened. And, he, and the first one comes in. He's like, hey, guy, you gave me five, I made ten. And he, and he says to him, right, the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You gave me five I have 10. I didn't tell you what to do with that. I didn't tell you where to go with that. I didn't tell you to do anything with that. What are you doing with that? I'm being faithful. I know my master. I know him, and I had to be afraid of him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. 
Call the guy that had two. I have a feeling he's done really well with them. He comes in. He says, your two talents have made two more. And so he says to him, it sounds very much like the first one because it is word for word. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful and with few things, I will put you in charge of many things and come and share in your master's happiness. And then bring the guy in. I gave one. Talent, too. Now, you remember the story. Uh, the one with one talent went and hid it in the sand. He, was, he, 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 um, he determined somehow in all of his, his experience with the master, he determined that he was a hard man. Like, like, I mean, it'll be like one of us deciding that, having Genesis through Revelation and us deciding God's a hard man, because that's what this really is about. It's not, it's, it's about God, in case you don't know that. And he says, I know you're a hard man. You reap where you sow and you, and you, you, play, where you reap where you didn't harvest and you, you know. <laughs> So I was afraid, and I went and hid it in the sand. I took your talent because I was so scared of you, and I just hid it. And, and, and this is what he says to him. Oh, you, I tripped it on. No, all right, here we go. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Listen to what he's saying. Even if you think I'm like that, you ought to be moving. <laughs> you should, but I'm not like that. But your words will be able to, that will bear you out, right? And so he says, take the one from him or give it to the one that has 10. If you've, whoever has much more will be given. Why? Because what you gave me, God, I put to work. I wasn't afraid of you. Perfect love casts out fear. I believe in you. So the story of faithfulness means, one, that I understand God's faithfulness. I have to understand God's faithfulness. Two, I can see it on the move. And then three, I would step into his faithfulness. We've got to step on the gas here just a little bit. So what would it look like if God, if the Spirit of God was growing his fruit of faithfulness in me? Exactly what would that look like? Well, one, I would, I would, you know, I'd be faithful to him. And then you say, what does that look like? I would say, well, in, in prayer would be fair. I, that I understand that I'm, I mean, that I can't have any relationship that I'm not communicating. If we don't communicate, we're not tight. Are we friends? Are we whatever? If we don't communicate, if we're not in the story, if you don't pray, if you're not hanging out with God, if you just aren't, if it's just give me, give me, I need help, oh, no. And I just, hey, I mean, the, the relationship is going to not be there. So faithfulness in prayer means I just hang out with you, God. I do with you. We talk. You read faithfulness in reading and handling his word. His word is not to be handled, but so many of us handle it. The reading and living into his word, understanding the context, understanding the story. Remember, I, my life is a context. My, 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 the pain in my head, the throwing up and the, ah, bam, bam, bam. Could you hit any more bumps, please? I don't live like that. If I did, my wife would pound me anyway. But, but I don't live there. And you have to understand there's a context to my story, and that's a small part of it, right? And so I have to, it is on me. Is my responsibility to understand these things and then live into them. 
meditating on it, like taking the time to understand and meditate in the context of it and then to live it out with others. Not just on my own, not just on my walks, not just whenever I'm golfing by myself, not whenever I'm on the farm and I'm thinking about God. Always living this thing out in the way that I live into others. And what I would be living into others is God's faithfulness, His story. Remember, my personality, my, my given default mode does not make me faithful. It just makes me whatever in your eyes. If I happen to be, if I'm really good at stuff, and you like someone who's really good at stuff, then you go say, he's really good at stuff. He's faithful in, man, you could talk to anybody. Yeah, Jim, I, yeah, I can. Most of them wish I wouldn't. Jamie's really faithful to talk. No, I'm not. It's my personality. It'd be awesome if I was faithful. It's not faithful. It's just what I am. Faithful is by God motivated, I step into those stories and connect with people. So, so wrapping up here, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, remember that, that if you are good at dancing, You've been given a gift of dancing. Get on. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. It sounds like a little bit of a, 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 yeah, you know, one, two, three, one. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So the story unfolds that, man, I, I am, my faithfulness is the call on me to be faithful, the fruit of the Spirit, is that the Spirit will come in me and make me more like Jesus. He's the only example. He's the only one that ever died for you. He's the one that died to save you. We know the story. And so when the Spirit would be in me, He would be bearing fruit that, that leads into a faithfulness that looks like Jesus' faithfulness. And man, we could go on and on about what that looks like. The way He loved, the way He served, the way He healed, the way He cared, the way He hung out with people, the way that He died on the cross, He rose the third day, I mean, on and on. And so, and so then you can make those connections yourself. But this is a moment that if you struggle, you can do something about it. If you're online, by the way, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Um, but if you struggle in any way, you can come forward here. Our elders will come and pray with you. I mean, they're, they're uh, battling like you are in life and in faithfulness. We're all a work in progress. They can point to me. Guys, feel free to say, Jamie's the worst at this. I, I mean, any faithfulness I have is all Jesus and you guys, you know, working with me. If you're not a child of his, you know, this is the day you could do something about that. They would immerse you into Jesus. You'll raise into new life. Whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring.
This morning, um, if you're visiting here with us this morning, uh, we're thankful that you're here. Um, you're welcome to be here with us every time the doors are open. And if you're visiting with us online, we're thankful for you too. Um, it's good to see everyone here this morning in person as well. Um, if you didn't get a chance when you came in, uh, make sure and pick up a bulletin on your way out. There's a lot of information in there and a lot of things that I'm going to go over this morning. So. I'm going to apologize to you already uh, before I get started. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that, I, that I'd like to pass along to you this morning. So, um, First, uh, on our prayer request, um, just a couple of updates. Um, just take a look at those. Continue to pray for those. Eugene Reisner continues to improve. I know that I saw that he was able to get out a little bit this week, which is encouraging and positive. Um, I was able to see uh, Nola Kelly yesterday. And she was out a little bit, and she's able to get out a little bit and feeling better. Uh, she's still got a long way to go, just like Eugene does. And, uh, but just continue to pray for those, uh, those, those two um, and all of those here on our prayer list. I know that I won't uh, mention everyone. Um, two specifically, though, I want to talk to you about this morning. And here in just a minute, I'm going to ask uh, John Carell if he'll come up and say a prayer for us. Uh, for two that I want to mention specifically, number one, 
uh, is PJ Glauder. PJ uh, is uh, still in the James Cancer Center up in Columbus. He's going to be there for a couple more days. And he's, uh, he's really got some uh, serious, serious uh, medical struggles that he's dealing with right now. PJ is a great, great man with a great heart. And uh, we just need to pray, continue to pray for him, for healing, for God to intervene in what's going on with him physically. And then also, uh, uh, Lila Napier uh, is still in the hospital. She's uh, a young high school student. Zach talked about her a few weeks ago. Um, and it's been probably uh, a month and a half now uh, since her car wreck. And she's got a lot of serious inju injuries that she's still dealing with. Um, I know that they're still doing the last update that I had on her, that they were still doing minor surgeries, but still uh, she's sedated and uh, just needs a, a lot of prayer and God's intervention in those. So for those two, I'd like to uh, ask John to come up and have a special prayer for them this morning, and then we'll continue with our announcements. Let's all bow. Father, we... Uh... We recognize you as our Father, and it is a privilege to call you our Father. We know you're a good Father, and that you want only good things for us. And for that, we're thankful. Father, we, uh, we just want to offer up the name of Lila Napier, Father, young girl, with serious uh, injuries from a uh, car accident, Father. We're praying that you would heal her. We pray that that she and her family would see you at work in her life, Father. Uh, just give her strength, guide the doctor's hands and the nurse's hands that they will administer care skillfully. And Father, for our brother PJ, I'm just praying, Father, that you would help his uh, pain to be managed. I pray, Father, that you would give PJ courage, that you would give him strength, help him when he's anxious, help him when he's angry. Father, just bless Bless PJ and bless his family. Father, I know that you could cure this if you would. Uh, we're just asking that your will would be done. We love you, Father. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Yesterday, um, Matthew Partlow and Joanna Gillespie were wed. Um, so we're happy for them and their families, for their parents, their grandparents, um, and, uh, and their uh, and their marriage. Um, so if you get a chance to see them or contact them, make sure and congratulate them. That's exciting uh, news. Also, some exciting news. Um, Daniel and Ashley Parker this week. Uh, Ashley gave birth to a new little baby girl, Arlie Rose Parker. Um, and her sister, uh, Lainey, and her brother, Jace. Uh, this was Wednesday, April the 14th. She weighed five pounds, 11 ounces. 20 inches long, the same as her sister, and all are doing well. Lainey is over the moon about her sister. And this is from a very proud grandmother this morning. So congratulations uh, to Daniel and Ashley Parker. And I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that, they would, and that they would appreciate your words as well. So um, next Thursday, not this coming Thursday, but next Thursday is our elders prayer session. So we'll be in contact with all of you. If you have anything specifically that, uh, that you need to bring to our attention, we'd be more than happy to, uh, to take those requests from you. Um, home groups. So home groups continue tonight. 
Uh, tonight is our fourth and final home group, so uh, there's also a group meeting here at the church. And also, uh, I wanted to let you guys know that in this study that we're doing, um, this one-at-a-time study that we're doing, um, there's also a fifth and sixth lesson. So the next two Sunday nights, we're going to cover the fifth and sixth lesson. Not this Sunday night, because we're going to be at home grooms this Sunday night. But the next two Sunday nights in April, we're going to cover the fifth and sixth lesson. So um, it's, it's really, really, really great study. So we're going to do that in the adult uh, portion of our... Um, of our uh, evening Bible study for the last two Sundays of April, not counting this Sunday. Um, the Sunshine Directory, you know, we're, uh, we're in the middle of uh, getting uh, a new pictorial directory, directory done. Um, the uh, Caitlin Book is here again this morning, uh, and she is going to be doing pictures uh, just right here in the front of the auditorium. If you haven't had a chance the last couple weeks to get that done, just line up right over here on the side, and she'll be up here really quick after worship to get that done. In conjunction with that, there's information cards back on the Welcome Center um, that we all need to fill out so that we can get those um, matched up with the pictures for the new directory. So make sure that you get those information cards filled out. They're back on the Welcome Center. Um, VBS is coming up June the 19th through the 23rd. If you're interested in helping with that, see Brittany. I know that she's already contacted a lot of you. Um, see her. Um, the snack for Midwestern for April is snack-sized chips, so make sure and bring that in. We're collecting that back in the back by the Welcome Center. Uh, baby shower for Brittany Gant is May the 13th at 2 o'clock here at the, uh, in the Annex, and we already know that it is a girl, so... Um, that'll help you with your uh, baby shower needs. Um, let's see what else. The teens. Teens, next uh, Sunday night. I think that's next Sunday night, April the 23rd. Um, you guys are going to have a get-together here um, at the church building. And there's going to be a, looks like a, an exciting Easter egg hunt. It says, eat lots of carrots to improve your night vision. So uh, that ought to be a lot of fun. So that's for the teens next Sunday night after worship uh, here at the church building. Um, a few weeks ago, maybe a month, maybe two months ago, I mentioned whenever we uh, were updating our contact list uh, that we were collecting email addresses about a new uh, opportunity that we had with a, with a thing called Right Now Media. Um, right now, media is an online, uh, an online uh, study guide uh, that uh, is, ba is a Christian-based um, platform, I guess. And on Right Now Media, there's about 20,000 different Christian-based videos, studies, Bible studies, things like that. Um, if you haven't got it already, today, sometime, if you put your email address on that list, you're going to get an invite into Right Now Media, and that'll give you access to, to all those videos. Anything from Veggie Tales to Ray Vanderlam to the stuff that we're studying in our home groups to individual Bible studies, there's all kinds of, there's just all kinds of great information on there. If you didn't get your email address on that list and you're interested in, uh, in that information, Jacob or myself will have an email link that we can send you later to, uh, to get you signed up on that. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, there's a lot of, uh, lot of great information that's included with that. So uh, 
If you're interested in that, see Jacob or I, or if for some reason you put your email address down and didn't get an invite uh, after today, uh, make sure and let one of us know. So, um, And then as Jamie mentioned, uh, as I'm wrapping up here this morning, I think that I've hit everything, but I may not have. So, um, As Jamie mentioned, uh, Austin, Archie, and his wife Kaylee are here with us this morning from Howes Mill. He's got about a five or ten minute presentation. I told him that he had to have 30 minutes and he kind of got a little excited, but no, he's, he's, he's going to come up, give us a little bit of update on, uh, on Howes Mill. He's the uh, program and events coordinator up there. And um, the week that we staff at, Fort, or at, uh, at Howes Mill uh, is July 9th through the 14th. Um, and um, Austin is part of the permanent staff there at Howes Mill. And the early bird deadline to save a little bit of money is coming up this coming Saturday, uh, April the 22nd. So he'll give you a little more information, and then I'll come up and dismiss us in prayer after his presentation. Well, Sunshine, you guys are in trouble. Uh, most of the churches I go to, they do not give me the clicker, uh, so they can just speed me up as fast as they want to. So uh, I'm in charge now. Uh, I'm just kidding. But uh, thank you guys for allowing me to be here today and represent Howl's Mill. Um, on behalf of Howl's Mill, I just want to say thank you guys for all your support. You guys do a fabulous job supporting us. Sean, Jamie, Jared, all the volunteers that come out and, and help make that week special. Uh, ladies that come out for your ladies event uh, in the fall, that's, you know, amazing, and you guys send monthly support. Uh, so all that means so much to us, and then without you guys, we could not do our mission. This is last year's summer staff. Uh, two people in this, uh, the top right up there. He is a key volunteer that comes uh, whenever he doesn't have to work and, uh, and helps us out, so that's really awesome. Uh, we have another one on there that does that as well. Uh, the far right corner, Andrew Bassler, he is the uh, facilities director that left uh, this last fall. Uh, he was here for three years, and we're very appreciative of the time that he put in. This past summer was my third summer, and it was by far the best summer I ever had as far as working with summer staffers. They were the most cohesive. They loved being together. You asked them to do anything, and they would just hop right on it. And I don't know about you guys, but when you're in a workplace and you have that, it just, it doesn't make it seem like work. It just, everything runs smoothly, and I was so appreciative of that. The new staff that we have added is Lawrence Wiedemeyer and Betsy Ballengall. Lawrence Wiedemeyer is the new facilities director. Uh, he is actually up here from Galpolis, so some of you may recognize him. Uh, and Betsy is our new office manager. She is from Taze Valley area, and she... They're both doing a fabulous job. Lawrence, uh, my goodness, he's called Sean about every week trying to get better equipment and stuff for us, and we're very appreciative of that. But uh, he's doing a great job just knocking out projects left and right. And Betsy, uh, she worked for a YMCA for 15 years, and she managed it. So honestly, she's probably a little bit overqualified for the stuff we give her, but we're very appreciative of the work that they're putting in. This past summer, uh, we had 637 Bible campers. Uh, it was a great summer. Uh, it was a packed summer. And we were very appreciative of all the parents and everyone that would come and volunteer because without volunteers, we can't have summer camp, um, as many of you know. So we're very appreciative of that. 
Uh, this picture down here, Mandy Langstaff, she set a new day camp record with over 50 uh, day camp Bible campers. So we were very proud of that. She, the day before, we were having to call extra volunteers to bring in because to make sure that we had enough to watch the kids. But uh, that's some of the big stuff that we have going on. Our middle school one sold out. Uh, several other weeks were close to selling out, and then our paintball camp sold out as well. So the camp is growing. More people are hearing about Christ, and we're, we're just very thankful. We had 13 baptisms this summer. And like I said, you guys may not feel like you play a role in these baptisms and these lives being changed for Christ, but you do. Between your volunteers, between your support uh, monetarily, um, you know, Sean, how many were baptized during your week? Just the one? Okay. But, guys, you play a crucial role in this. Um, you know, between donating stuff uh, with the pack the pantry items and stuff, just all that plays a major role in that. And I just want to give you guys a round of applause for all that you do for us in making this possible. Some capital improvements that we have undergone. Um, we replaced all the water lines at camp. Uh, when Andrew was there, he counted it up and he had nine water leaks uh, in his three years that he was there. And I don't know about you guys, but a water leak when it's 95 degrees underneath a parking lot is not a fun repair. Uh, so that was, you know, at that point, uh, the board made the decision that we need to go ahead and spend the money and replace all the water lines. They were 60 years old. Uh, so we got that done. Uh, we've painted the dining hall. We've painted the bunk beds that had 30 years of graffiti on it. Uh, that, was, that was a lot of work. Uh, I remember a lot of the names on there. When I find them, I'm going to have a word for them. Um, we retiled the, the bathroom uh, showers. And uh, this past year, um, we are looking, I'm sorry, this upcoming year, we are actually looking at putting solar panels on top of the gym. I don't know about you guys, but has anyone seen their electric bills go up? Uh, so to offset some of those costs, that will be the next upcoming project that we're going to be working on. This past winter, uh, we installed a generator that would help uh, run our dining hall, our pool, and our gate. This past summer, we had 95 high schoolers and about 120 people total at camp. Power went out for 48 hours. So it's 95 degrees. We can't put kids in the pool. We have nowhere to, that has AC that we can cool them down. Kids were getting heat sickness. Kids were wanting to go home because they couldn't charge their phone. Uh, that's, yeah. But anyways, we will no longer have that problem. We will now be able to put kids in the pool uh, because of the generator. Uh, we will no longer have to use all of our generators, uh, the little um, portable ones to run the, uh, the dining hall and preserve food because it was a struggle to cook with no lights, flashlights, and then use all the generators to try to keep $3,000 worth of food uh, from spoiling. So we're very thankful for everyone who participated in raising the money uh, for the new generator. Four ways that you can support camp. Uh, send your kids to summer camp and retreats. You guys do a great job of that. I encourage you, um, if your kid has not gone to a week of camp, Sean's week, and Jamie, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to leave you out on that, but um, it's a great week. It's honestly one of the staff's favorite weeks. Uh, you know, this last year we did beat Jared and them in Ultimate Frisbee, so we do have a little competition going on, but uh, 
But it's just a magical thing to see lives being changed and the true impact that the Holy Spirit is making on these kids. So I encourage you, if your kid is not involved in summer camp, I encourage you to send them this year. Regular church, mission support, you guys do that. Volunteers and resources, you guys knock that out of the park. Uh, become a VIP. Um, it's somebody that supports monthly, uh, bi-monthly, however you want to do it. But how, what we use with that money is for our capital improvements, and it's our way to help keep camp costs lower. Uh, we've raised the camp price one time in the past 10 years, and I don't know about you guys, but food, electric, water, everything's gotten a lot more expensive. But through our VIP program, we're able to offset some of those costs and try to keep costs as low as possible. And then these are all of our media pages that you can find us on. Uh, if you have any questions about summer camp, you can talk to me, Sean, Jamie, anyone. There's plenty of volunteers that get involved. And one last thing I want to talk to you guys about, and this is very um, kind of hard for me to talk about, but I grew up in a household. I'm originally from Oklahoma, and I grew up in a household where work and sports came way before going to church and investing in my spiritual growth. Um, no, you know, I'm not trying to knock my parents, but that's just how it was. He, my dad has a 1,600-acre ranch, so a lot of times it was work. Uh, you're not going to church camp. You know, hay's cut. We have to bale hay, stuff like that. And it took me moving all the way to Kentucky and going to KCU before I actually developed a relationship with Christ. That's 22 years I missed out on growing spiritually. And I encourage you guys, parents, grandparents, Invest in your kids' spiritual growth. Send them to church camp. Get them involved here with the youth. Do something to engage their spiritual life because the older they get, the harder it is to make that change. And uh, just speaking from experience, uh, I would encourage you guys, get started now. Thank you. Let's all stand and we'll be dismissed with a word of prayer. Austin, uh, thank, thanks to you and Kaylee for being here. Uh, Austin, Lawrence, and uh, Tim and their families do a great job up there at Howes Mill, and we appreciate you guys very much. So, Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. God, it definitely is uh, a great day, a great day to be here. Dear Lord, to be in your presence, to be able to surround your table, dear Lord, to, um, to listen to your message, dear Lord, to fellowship with one another and just spend time with you is, um, is awesome. It's amazing. And I'm thankful for that time, thankful for that time for myself, for everyone here that's been able to experience the love that you have for us, dear Lord. And I pray this morning for those that have been mentioned, for those that are struggling physically, dear Lord, I pray that you continue to watch over them and, uh, and heal them, dear Lord, for, for Lila, for our brother PJ, dear Lord. I ask a special prayer for them this morning that you touch them in a powerful, powerful way today and for the days to come. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Dear Lord, I pray for um, those that were unable to be here this morning, dear Lord. I pray that you watch over them and keep them safe. Bring us together again tonight in our homes. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.